Good morning. It's time to get up with big-name NFL quarterbacks. We expect the quarterback carousel to be in overdrive. Is Aaron Rodgers worth the wait? And could Lamar Jackson join the fray if the Ravens can't meet his price? And choosing between Justin Fields and Bryce Young seems like a great decision to have. Why the Bears need to be very careful. And should the Eagles keep Jalen Hurts in green right now? And why the answer to that question might be right in their own backyard. We'll get into that a lot more as we say welcome to you. Welcome to Get Up. I'm Ryan Smith and for Greeny. We got a packed show today. A lot of football to get to. And we got all the guys with us to get to it. Chris Canty, Mike Tannenbaum, Jeff Darlington ready to go. But first... To the NBA, we're starting with the game of the night. Bucks Bulls is Milwaukee going for 12 in a row. There's Giannis, ready to go. Seven minutes to play in the first quarter. He was on one. Watch this. Drive and kick to Grayson Allen. Nails the three. Giannis would get the record for the most assists in Bucks history on that night. And then Giannis taking it for himself. Finger roll lay-in. Gets it to go. Bucks up 13. Early second quarter, Bucks up seven. Keep an eye on Giannis. Watch this. Kobe White going for it. Giannis going for the block. Lands on the ground. He's clutching his right wrist. You can see he's in pain. Take another look. It appears his right hand gets jammed on that hoop padding right there. As he's landing, he'd then go back, get checked out by the trainer. You see him right there, clutching that wrist. He'd head to the locker room. He'd be ruled out for the rest of the game with a sprained wrist. Coach Bud saying he has no idea if he'll be ready for the All-Star game. Finished with two points on the night. But in the third quarter, Drew Holiday to Brooke Lopez knocks down the floater. And then final seconds of the quarter, look at Lopez throwing it down. He had 33 points, seven rebounds, four blocks as the Bucks go on to win their 12th straight, headed into the break, 112 to 110. Now Milwaukee is hoping that Giannis' injury isn't too serious because he's having an historic season in the history of the Bucks. Again, talking about the history of the Bucks. Look at how he has been going. 30 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists on 50% shooting from the field. No one has done that. Only, actually, he's the only player to do that. During their 12-game win streak, he stepped up his play, averaging 34 points per game. So that's basketball. Let's head to the NFL. And look at this. The quarterback dominoes have been falling in the NFL. The Raiders have released quarterback Derek Carr after nine seasons with the team. He refused to waive his Renault trade clause. So this offseason, he'll be waving goodbye to the silver and black. And as for Aaron Rodgers, we know he doesn't need a nightlight. As he told former MV, as the former MVP told Pat McAfee, he'll be doing a four-day darkness retreat this weekend as his NFL future remains uncertain. And Lamar Jackson needs a new deal as his rookie deal is over. Both sides are still working towards a long-term deal, but the Ravens can franchise tag him up to the March 7th deadline. The Jets quarterback needy, and here's what Peter King outlined about their approach. The number one step would be Aaron Rodgers. If that doesn't work, could the number two step be Lamar Jackson? I think they will at least put their sniffers out and seriously consider Lamar Jackson. Wow. Seriously consider Lamar Jackson. Let's bring in our guys and talk about that a little bit. Jeff, I'll start with you. What are you hearing on the, uh, in terms of the latest on the Jets' pursuit of these quarterbacks? First of all, I trust Peter King, anything that he says. I think that we all need to kind of understand the timing of this situation is ultimately what's going to play a huge factor here. Like, we know that Derek Carr, for instance, is available, right? 
Anybody could sign him at any time, but Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers, two very different circumstances. In fact, the Ravens are still trying to work something out with Lamar. We'll see if he ultimately signs a new deal with them or not. And then Aaron Rodgers, uh, quite frankly, hasn't come to a decision about, first of all, whether he could be traded from the Packers and then whether the Packers would get enough compensation to actually make that trade. So right now, we're kind of in a standstill a little bit. March 13th is the day that free agency sort of begins. Teams can start talking. March 15th is the day that you can start to trade players. We've got some time for teams to figure it out. And what, however these dominoes fall, no doubt it will be absolutely fascinating. It sure will be. You know, Chris, I look at this. Who should you pursue if you're the Jets more? Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson? Yes, is the answer, Ryan. You go after all of them. And I think that's be in the Derek conversation, Derek Carr business as well, because they're not in a position to, you know, be choosers. You know, beggars can't be choosers. This is a bad situation for the New York Jets. They haven't been able to get competent quarterback play between Mike White and Zach Wilson. They clearly want to upgrade, and they clearly have a defense that's championship caliber in order to take advantage of all of that and to continue to give job security to Joe Douglas and Rob Sala, this is a situation where they need to go after all of them. Now, I know that the timelines might be different on all three quarterbacks because they're different situations, but I think the Jets have to be in on all of these conversations with prospective quarterbacks that are available, either via trade or free agency. Yeah, I, I mean, you got to at least ask about them, right, Mike T? I mean, as a GM, which quarterback, though, are you making the move to get most between those three? Lamar Jackson. Ryan, he's 26 years old, and I think sometimes we forget actually how productive he's been. He's thrown 101 passing touchdowns. He's rushed for an additional 24. He's been a league MVP. Now, look, no one likes to give up two first-round picks, but if you had certainty at that position for the foreseeable future, realistically, five to seven years, that's a bill well worth paying. And when you look at Aaron Rodgers, you're year-to-year. You really don't know how long he's going to play. Derek Carr is going to be 32 years old, came out in 2014. He's been in one playoff game. So I'm going after greatness, and I'm going after Lamar Jackson. All right, let's talk about Lamar a little bit more, Mike. You know, we always talk in the beginning of the day, before the show, our meeting, and you talked about leverage that Lamar might have with the franchise tag coming up next week. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, under the sneaky big news category, Recently, the Ravens hired Todd Munkin to be their new offensive coordinator who come, is coming from the University of Georgia. So this year, more than ever, it's hugely consequential that you want everybody there from the Raven perspective. Most notably, your starting quarterback, every OTA, every walkthrough, and training camp. And if I'm Lamar Jackson, my leverage, which is now immense leverage, is, hey, fellas, if you tag me, I will see you the Tuesday before opening day so everybody in this building will know that every time you go out with Todd Monk and who you're trying to establish to replace Greg Roman, it's a complete waste of time. Because if I'm not out there, people know we're really not getting good work done. So that is a lot of leverage he has with a new offensive coordinator, especially someone coming from college. Okay, and so Canty, if you're, if you're Lamar Jackson, do you do this? Do, do you set foot on a field until you have the deal you want? No, because I have ultimate leverage and I know that I'm going to get the deal, whether it's from the Baltimore Ravens or somebody else. If the Ravens want to do the dance and put the exclusive rights franchise tag on them, great. That's fine by them. But that's a $45 million cap charge that they've got to carry throughout the offseason. They only got $27.8 million worth of cap space, so that precludes them from doing other business. If they want to play the game and do the non-exclusive franchise tag, 
then that means that there are other teams that are out there that would give up multiple first-round draft picks in order to get Lamar Jackson's services. So either way, Lamar knows he's got the money coming to him. It's just a matter of time. It feels like an untenable situation if you're the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, Jeff, let me give you the final word. Do you, do you think Lamar Jackson fits in every system? No. Uh, I mean, Look, he's dynamic in every system. I think he can make plays, but – to that point, the Baltimore Ravens have spent the past several years building around him. And I think that ultimately he'll have to find a team that perhaps is a little bit different than the team that would maybe seek out Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying that the Jets wouldn't like both guys, but you do have to commit and say, okay, are we a plug-and-play quarterback away from a championship with Aaron Rodgers, or do we want to bring in Lamar Jackson, build around him, and build for the future while still with the nucleus we have in place? I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. It's probably a better thing. Long-term growth uh, and long-term sustainability is the answer there. It's just, though, going to take a commitment from whatever general manager decides that they want to sign Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it's a very interesting point. It's not as simple as plug and play when you talk about Lamar, but it could be good for the long-term success if it does come to that. We'll have to see. Now, speaking of quarterbacks, fresh off a four-touchdown performance in the Super Bowl, Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts is extension eligible this offseason. He's got one year remaining on his rookie contract. Now, this is interesting. Eagle GM Howie Roseman had this to say about locking up his star quarterback. We have a good sense of what we need to do here. Um, we have a, a little bit of time here, too, to kind of figure it out and, and get away and discuss that. But, you know, at the end of the day, the most important thing is keeping our, our best players here. And you know, Jalen's certainly one of our best players. So we'll keep all the contract talks internal, but we definitely would like to keep Jalen Hurts here long. Okay, they want to keep him, and they want to keep him for a long time. Jeff, how might the Eagles' former quarterback impact their negotiations <laughs> with their current quarterback? Philly fans are going to just hate when I bring this up. I'm just saying that for the past several years, anytime we're talking about signing a quarterback after their third year, we always use one cautionary tale, and that is Carson Wentz. And that is the precedent that we're talking about right now when it comes to Jalen Hurts. Will Howie Roseman sort of get a little bit nervous about the idea of doing this deal earlier? Now, I know that Jalen Hurts feels like he is ascending in a way perhaps different than Wentz was when he signed that deal. But Wentz, by the way, received the most guaranteed money in NFL history at that point when he signed that deal. So I know revisionist history might suggest well, they made a mistake by doing that with Wentz, but at the time, they didn't feel like they had. Look, two different quarterbacks, two different situations. It will be curious to me, though, if Howie Roseman takes that situation and applies it in any manner to this one because it could change the direction of this contract. Yeah, I remember around that time, Philly fan that I am, everybody was thinking, hey, maybe Wentz has got an MVP in his future. Same kinds of things they're saying about Jalen Hurts right now. So, Mike, should the Eagles pay Jalen Hurts top-of-the-market quarterback money this offseason? Absolutely right. It's only going to get more expensive. We got guys like Joe Burrow. We've already discussed Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, amongst many others. So, if I'm Philly, I'm going early. And the other thing is, I'm going long. Josh Allen, as Hembo reminded me, signed a six-year deal. Patrick Mahomes signed a 10-year deal. So I'm going to give Jalen Hurts the average per year, presumably, he's looking for, which I would think is about $50 million a year. But if I'm Philly, given Jalen Hurts' character, improvement, and age, I want to go as long as possible. 
Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, you see that graphic from Hembo right there. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, the only guys playing on contracts longer than five years. I imagine, again, Hurts trying to go shorter. So, Canty, though, when you look at what the Ravens have been saying about Lamar Jackson, some of the concern, not saying, but some of the scuttlebutt is style of play has an impact on what they might offer him. Are you concerned at all about Hurts' style of play when you talk about that kind of long-term investment? No, because Hurts wins a lot. Over the last two years, only two quarterbacks have more wins than Jalen Hurts. If you look at Lamar Jackson's situation, since he became the starter in week 18 of 2018, with I mean week 10 of 2018 with the Baltimore Ravens, he's got the fifth most wins of any quarterback in football. So those guys, although it is an unconventional style of play at the quarterback spot, they do a whole lot of winning. And so if I'm Howie Roseman, the general manager of the Eagles, I want to lock in certainty at the most important position. And Jeff Darlington's point is well taken, but the counter to that is, what's your alternative? If you don't sign Jalen Hurts this offseason, then you're going to have less options next offseason. Another thing to consider when it comes to overall roster construction, there's going to be a whole lot of cash influxed into the National Football League in 2024 when you talk about the tech money from Amazon and from YouTube. So the salary cap is only going to go up. Salary cap is going to explode. Over the last two years, we've seen the salary cap go up 22%. So I think this is a situation where we have to assess where the quarterback market is now, but also where it's going. The deals that we're seeing right now for quarterbacks at the top of the market are going to be obsolete once we get to the offseason in 2024. Jeff, go ahead. I fully agree, by the way, with that. When I bring up Wentz, it's more of a cautionary tale. It is the hardest line to walk as a general manager to decide when to sign your quarterback, whether you wait too, whether you do too early or, or wait too long. And I think with this situation, it will be dictated by what Jalen wants. What if he wants what Lamar Jackson wants in a fully guaranteed contract? Makes it much more complicated. Once we know what Hurts wants, we'll understand better whether this can get done. Oh, boy. Don't worry, Mike. We'll come back to you, and we'll talk a lot more about this as the show comes up because this is a big topic of conversation in Philly. Well, coming up, Justin Fields had a terrific season for a bad football team in Chicago. So why should the Bears think about trading him now? Joe Burrow fell short of another Super Bowl appearance this year. We have a consolation prize of sorts for the Bengals quarterback. You'll hear what that is in moments. This is Get Up. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. 
For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com deals. That's dell.com deals. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Welcome back, and let's play a little game we like to call Believe It or Not. Canty, I'll start with you. Patrick Mahomes will return to the Super Bowl next season. Believe it or not. I'm going to believe it, Ryan. I mean, he's been in the Super Bowl three of the last four years, and since he's become the starter, he's hosted the conference championship every single year. So if you're going to get to the Super Bowl, you've got to be one of the final four. Pat Mahomes has done that every single season. No reason to think that he won't do it in 2023. Okay, there you go. Just playing the odds there. Jeff, Joe Burrow will win MVP next season, believe it or not. I don't believe it because I follow a very clear commandment when it comes to my beliefs in the NFL, and that is every year for the next 10 years, I will vote for Patrick Mahomes as the MVP (laughs) of that year. It worked out for me this past year, and I believe it will continue to be fruitful. Not saying that Joe Burrow is not fully worthy of that award at some point in his career. I'm just saying, preseason-wise, I'm always going with Pat Mahomes. Nobody else gets an MVP preseason-wise. Just not fair. Mike Tannenbaum, the Bears should trade Justin Fields. Believe it or not. Believe it. I follow a clear commandment. Take the better player. Bryce Young is the better football (laughs) player than Justin Fields. So go draft Bryce Young and trade Justin Fields. He's a good player, but he's young, has some inconsistencies, but I'm taking the better football player. Wow. Straight up the better player. How about that? Let's stop down on this and talk a little bit about Justin Fields Mm. and Bryce Young. Canty, what do you think of that? What should Chicago do with that first pick? Well, I think the Bears should trade down and stockpile picks. But but to Mike Tannenbaum's statement, I I don't know how you definitively say – that Bryce Young is a better player than Justin Fields. We've seen Justin Fields play in the National Football League and be highly productive. And if you look at the leap that he made from year one to year two, he more than doubled his QBR. And then if you narrow down on his individual statistics, 
They compare quite favorably to what we saw from Jalen Hurts in his second season in the National Football League. So I think you've seen the quarterback have the dominant traits that lend themselves to having success in the National Football League. The biggest challenge for the Bears now is surrounding him with the requisite talent in order to compete at a high level. They got draft capital. They got a lot of cap space. Put pieces around Jalen Hurts to allow his natural talent to, to be a force multiplier for your organization. So, Mike, respond to that. In the last two years, Justin Fields has 140 sacks, fumbles, and interceptions. He's only played in 27 games and leads the NFL in those categories. That's not to say that he can't get better, because I believe he will, but his proclivities of turning the ball over is a concern. I've scouted Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young's ceiling is way higher than Justin Fields. My only concern is if someone like Chris Canny tackles Bryce Young, that's a concern. But beyond that, I think he has a chance to be a great player. I think Justin Fields has a chance to be a good player. Those negative plays, though, do concern me. And I think I can get a first-round pick for Justin Fields. So I'm going to take Bryce Young. I'm going to reset the quarterback clock. We just talked about that, that rookie quarterback clock. It's hugely consequential. When we're talking about $50 million or more, and now we can push that out four more years, and now we can recap cap space and a draft choice, I think for – the totality of the situation, the Bears are better off with Young and trading fields. And if anybody, if Chris Tandy tackles anybody, I'd be concerned. We'd have to have a trainer right here on staff. <laughs> Jeff, lay out all, seriously. Jeff, lay out all the factors at play here. How, how does this all play out for you? By the way, first of all, Tannenbaum uses, did you say proclivities? I, like, he uses big words and makes him sound smart. I don't even know what that means. Maybe I didn't even hear it right. But more importantly, I do think that this is a scenario where we will see the Bears do their homework. I think that there is a middle ground. I don't know which quarterback's better. And quite frankly, I don't know that anybody can say it uh, that distinctly right now. But I do think that we are watching an NFL team with a very valuable first overall pick, but has to find exactly what they will get for it before they know whether it's worth using. All the teams recently who have taken the emotion out of a situation have generally been pretty well off. The Chiefs trading Tyree Kill. That would have seemed crazy before they did it. Just as the Bears trading Justin Fields right now might seem crazy. But teams have to sometimes take the emotion out of it. In this case, I don't know which direction they go, but it is something I think that they will very seriously consider. Mike, I, I seem to recall not too long ago you did an analysis of all the quarterbacks who've been drafted in the first round that had success. And there haven't been many of them. So how do you then turn around and say, Bryce Young, though, he's the guy, and get rid of a guy who was seventh in the NFL in rushing last year and didn't do that bad when you think about it considering the leaky offensive line and the weapons that he didn't have? Yeah, right. It's a totally fair point. I may use big words, but like a lot of four GMs, I have less hair because <laughs> this is such a hard decision. And what I would say is Bryce Young has the rare talent and character to be successful. Is there a little bit of a leap of faith? Absolutely. There is on every one of these picks. You know, Patrick Mahomes sat for a year. Like, there's a reason Jalen Hurts won the second round. Sometimes it's not a perfect fit. But gosh, Ryan, when you do your homework and watch the tape, I just think Bryce Young, again, despite his size, has a chance to be really good because of his accuracy, anticipation, and arm strength. And I wouldn't want to pass up on a guy that I think has a great ceiling the way he does. I'm looking at Canty's skeptical face, if you like that big word. Canty, what do you think? I'll give you the skeptical. last word. <laughs> no, I, I just, you know, Bryce Young, and not to disparage him, but he's five foot nothing, a hundred <laughs> and nothing. 
and there are big guys that are coming after him every single play. And so I'm a little bit leery when it comes to the durability concerns, and we're seeing that with smaller quarterbacks in stature. We just saw it with Kyler Murray this year. I just worry about the longevity of a player that is that undersized and the, the functional, functional ability of a player in the National Football League. I get it. He played in the SEC. But it's a huge leap coming to the National Football League, and so I'm just not certain that it's as much of a slam dunk as Mike Tannenbaum is alluding to, so much so that you would forego a known commodity in Justin Fields to take a risk this big on a quarterback coming out of college. It's an interesting point, the guy you know versus the guy you don't. We'll have to see as this plays out. But in the meantime, did you see this? Kevin Durant spoke for the first time about his departure from Brooklyn yesterday. You'll hear his response to one of the NBA's biggest failures. That's coming up on Get Up. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back. Let's go to the NBA where yesterday Kevin Durant was introduced in Phoenix, right? And after being traded to the Suns last week. Now, he commented on his stint in Brooklyn for the first time and their lack of success together. Take a listen to this. I was upset that we couldn't finish. I thought we had some good momentum. We were uh, finally building the culture that we always wanted. Um, I felt like every game we were building our chemistry, but I didn't know what was going on with Kyrie and his situation with the organization, so I didn't really focus on that. I only focused on what we were doing on the court, and uh, it was a blow to our team. It, it just took away our identity. He was a huge, huge part of what we do. So without him, we didn't have a clear identity. That was tough for me to stomach. Jay Williams, Tim Lego now with us on Get Up. And look, he's talking about Kyrie getting traded. The con- We haven't heard this from KD yet. Mm-hmm. What do you make of these comments, and what does it say about the Nets situation, Jay? Well, the situation where he said, hey, I didn't know what was going on with uh, Kyrie Irving's situation. I- I'm sure everybody's like, well, how the hell do you not know yes. what's going on with that? Aren't they supposed sure- to be close friends? Yeah, but see, that- I think this is the point that kind of reveals where they are and their relationship as well. Because to me, that's the sign of Kevin Durant checking out. Mm-hmm. That's the sign of Kevin Durant saying, you know what? There's a lot going on. 
I don't know what Kyrie wants. I do know what Kyrie wants. You guys know what Kyrie wants. Y'all need to go ahead and figure that out. If y'all can't figure it out, I'm checked out. I'm done. I don't want to be involved in it anymore. There's too much stuff always going on. This is the 10th time, 20th time this has happened. I'm done. Y'all figure it out. I'll make my decision after you figure it out. And you're kind of talking about checking out of the relationship. Not I'm just checking out of the drama okay. involved between ownership and Kyrie and how things are being handled. Mm, okay. Tim, what are your thoughts on Durant and the Nets' failure? Yeah, look, echo what Jay said. And also, you know, think about what Kevin Durant is really saying, you know, talking about the uncertainty surrounding Kyrie Irving. That could be a number of different layers, right? That could be when he didn't play because he refused to get vaccinated, when he got suspended by the organization earlier this year, when he asked to be traded two different times. So I think Kevin Durant can be talking about a number of things with Kyrie. It all points to the same thing. These guys never really got to that place in Brooklyn collectively that they could trust each other. And that's really what ended up being the demise of this situation. Because when they were brought together, I think they all expected to be playing for championships, probably multiple championships. They never came close to fulfilling that. And in large part, because I don't think there was this foxhole mentality that the three of them had. And, and James Harden was the first one to sort of see that. And he wanted out because he could sense that it wasn't going to get done there. And then it's been nothing but drama since he left with, with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. So I think what Kevin Durant is saying was, look, if you want to win something when you bring it together, you got to be available to play. And we never really had that opportunity. And a lot of it surrounded the uncertainty around Kyrie Irving, which seemed to be there from the beginning, from the day he got there. And eventually Kevin Durant said, you know what? Enough is enough. It's time to me, for me to move on as well. And, Legs, I really do think this. Like, this is going to be one of the best 30 for 30s ESPN has ever done when that time comes, and it's going to be named It Was oh, All no a doubt. Dream. It was all a dream. Like, in Brooklyn, right, the way that works out, <laughs> just because the game of basketball has never seen a team with three of the most skilled scorers in the history of the game, Legs. In the history, James Harden, one of the most innovative scorers the game of basketball has ever seen. Kyrie Irving, you can make a case that he's the most skilled player at the guard position, and KD's a seven-foot unicorn that the game has never seen either. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it also says so much well, about friendship. Right? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lex. I was just going to say, first of all, Jay, I think that title's phenomenal. Are you trying to make a pitch to be executive producer or something? I see yes. what you're doing. I'm just saying. I see <laughs> what you're doing up in here. Maybe. Maybe, Lex. Like, maybe, maybe, maybe I should yep. think about that. <laughs> hey, but listen, I'll take it a step further. I, I, I've said repeatedly, and I believe this, I think it is, you said one of, I think it is the greatest collection of offensive talent at the top of any mm. roster that this league has ever mm. seen. You're talking about three of the all-time great offensive players that this league has seen. And they they can, each of them can do it on all three platforms. They can beat you from deep. They can beat you from the mid-range. They can beat you by finishing at the rim. There is no win, particularly when you're talking about Kevin Durant. There's no win defensively with any kind of matchup or scheme. He's just is too much. For, uh, for anybody to deal with. So I think when you add the totality of what they represented offensively, I think it's the greatest trio that we have seen on a roster. And that's why it makes it even more compelling, more interesting, and more disappointing what they ended up uh, having to show for it at the end of this time. And maybe one of the greatest failures. So what does it end up saying about Kyrie? I mean, look, the reality about Kyrie Irving is that he's one of the most gifted players the game of basketball has ever seen. Um, there are, I think Kyrie stands for a lot of other things outside of basketball that any organization is going to have to deal with, 
right? And I think there's been a lot of unprecedented things that have occurred over the last three years. I actually think it's deeper than just a hot take, but I think any organization moving forward with Kyrie Irving has to build that relationship from an ownership perspective and a GM perspective. I think Dallas is really interesting with Nico Harris, mm -hmm. who worked at Nike with Kyrie for a while, and Mark Cuban, and how they build that relationship built upon trust is everything moving forward. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's... You, you, these guys seem to be like close friends. They came in, they were going to get it done together. KD's saying it just didn't work out. How do you then I mean, say Ke Kevin, Kevin Durant and Russell, Dallas, but Kevin, it's going to work here? Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook were close friends one time. That's like, this, this, is, this is a relationship business. I mean, I mean, Kobe and Shaq were good friends at one time. Mm -hmm. Like, this has happened in the history of the game, yeah. right, where you have breakups that occur in real time on national TV with the media speculating and critiquing every single move of your life. Like, yeah. it's, it's not easy just to manage. And I'm not saying there were other things that uh, didn't occur that made it even more challenging, but it's, it's a hard thing when you're living under a microscope while you're trying to win a championship, man. Okay. All right. All right. So let's talk about KD now with the Suns getting underway. We'll see how he is when he comes back from the All-Star break. Uh, look, Legs, let's talk about this. When you talk about KD, is it sort of barring injury, what does it mean if they don't win a championship this year? Well, listen, I think barring injury, if they're not competing in the finals or you know winning a championship, it, it's going to come down to a few things. It means that in this given year, Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo, or Nikola Jokic were just a little bit better, and they went toe-to-toe -to -toe with KD or maybe even outplayed KD, right? Because those teams are all legitimate title contenders, and no one's going to be shocked if any of those three teams end up winning the title, particularly when you look at the short period of time now that Kevin Durant is going to have with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton, and Monty Williams to find that rhythm. I mean, you're talking about a sprint right now to the to the finish line, and KD has been out for a substantial period of time to start this, this experiment in Phoenix. So I don't know necessarily they win it this year. I think it'll trend that way. By the time we get to the playoffs, Phoenix might look like the team to beat. But if they don't win it, I don't think it's going to be because you know Kevin Durant came up small or Chris Paul got hurt or Devin Booker didn't play well. I think it's because the three guys I mentioned are on really good teams and they're great players in their own right. I think that's what it's going to come down to. I also don't think this is a failure necessarily like in terms of title or bust this year because remember, KD is locked up contractually. Devin Booker's locked up and DeAndre Ayton is locked up. So you've got those three guys going forward for the next few years – doesn't have to happen necessarily this year. Now, if he doesn't win one at some point in Phoenix in the next three years, I think then, yeah, you start to label it things like that. Mm. You see, Legs, I, I differ a little bit on my opinion on this one because I do believe it's title or bust. And I don't, think, I, I don't think that should be a bad thing. I think if, you're, if your player is like LeBron James or Kevin Durant, every damn year I'm trying to win a chip. Every year. And if we don't win it, like I'm not gloating. We came in fourth place in the West. I don't give a damn about fourth place. We didn't get it. We're here to win chips. Like, we measure greatness with championships, and that's how KD and LeBron measure themselves. So I, I agree with Legs that I think Denver, Milwaukee, I think Boston, they are better teams. They played together longer. They have better continuity. So there will be a lot of pressure on these guys to hit the ground running. As much as we talk about CB3 and KD and Devin Booker, yo, don't sleep on DeAndre Ayton. Like, there have been a lot of questions around DeAndre Ayton and whether he has a motor that they like mm -hmm. in Phoenix, whether they would really want to commit to him long term. He's going to have to be great on the defensive end. And Jay Crowder was the one guy that always held DeAndre Ayton's hand and kept him 
in tune with what was going on mentally, how they corral around DeAndre Ayton. It's going to be imperative for them to win the chip as well. Yeah, and then, Legs, I look at this situation in Phoenix. It's, I think for so many fans, it's always easy to say, well, you got KD, you got Chris Paul, you got Devin Booker. Man, this team is going to be unbeatable. How do they, though, work it out midseason, especially from a Chris Paul perspective, getting KD involved but still getting Devin Booker what he needs and Ayton what he needs for this team to rise to the occasion? Well, you hit on the key. It's it's Chris Paul. And that's why I think this, this situation is so attractive because you have a legitimate floor leader and a guy that's going to understand how to make sure everybody is fed when they need to be. And this might be the best situation. Not might be. This is going to be the best situation for Chris Paul because he now can pick his spots when he needs to be a scorer. And I think if you look at some of the years he's broken down physically – Think about the burden he has had to carry, whether it was in Houston, whether it was in Phoenix with the Clippers, where he felt a lot of pressure to have to be the big shot maker in the fourth quarter. And when you do that and you get up in, in years the way he is right now at that position, very difficult to carry that torch. Now he can be a guy that really picks his spots. I think they can preserve Chris Paul to a greater extent so he can be clutch when he needs to be. But the key is he can run the show. He can organize and he can dictate to make sure everybody gets fed. And he's a phenomenal communicator with his teammates. So I think Chris Paul is the linchpin to this entire thing to make sure that it's seamless. Ryan, yeah, get over here. We gotta go. Get over. <laughs> we there. gotta go. What do you get over there. That's where we have to go. Okay. Down the stretch, uh-huh. the pressure will be on CP3. Who are you giving the rock to when it matters the most? AD. Is it that easy? Because him and Devin Booker are thick as thieves, and Devin Booker is a cold assassin as well, and they run a lot of continuity. I'm just. I'm not saying. I don't think it's that easy. It's just Kevin Durant mm-hmm. because of relationships and how you communicate in relationships mean a lot especially for the different person, different personalities now on the squad. So yeah. I'm just saying, something to pay attention for people when we start getting down the stretch in those critical moments, I don't think it's just as easy as Kevin Durant. Okay. Pay attention to that. All right. Maybe Chris Paul's going to so dictate you listen. a lot of Sometimes that. Sometimes people don't listen. I mean, look. Get back over here. Get back over there, Look, Ryan. he's telling me where there to go. go. I'm following. Maybe there KD does that too. <laughs> I thought that was coming to me. All right. <laughs> NBA All-Star Weekend begins tonight. Salt Lake City with the Celebrity Game on ESPN and the app again this year. Coverage begins at 7 Eastern for Pacific. Okay, meanwhile on planet Earth, our friend Jalen Rose, he gave definitive comments on haircuts. Take a listen to this, guys. So first off, the minimum you're supposed to be spending for a quality barber is $100. I'm here to defend the sanctuary that is called barbers and beauticians. You know, so many guys and people out there think y'all going to show up and get a fly haircut and y'all going to spend $35. Y'all going to go to the end of the line. Y'all going to hit up y'all barber. They're going to send you to the voicemail. <laughs> I really have you no agree? room to comment on, on this uh, in my life. I just, you know, I used to use a Bic. That's you're not all. in I this? I Bic it. I'm, yeah, you're not I, in I try to stay cost efficient. Okay, man. I get you it. Know? So it's free for you. Legs, free what do me. you think? 100 bucks for a haircut. You agree? Hey, listen, the same lady has cut my hair for 20 years. It got me my wife. It got me on TV for all this time. So I guess I do something right, but sharp. I'm not spending $100 to get my hair cut. I, I can tell you that right now. Well, maybe she needs a raise. I mean, come on. Just saying, sometimes you got to have the yeah, barber. Maybe, the maybe. That, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Me and the kids are getting a haircut today. Three of us, and we're under 100 bucks. I hope my barber is not watching this. <laughs> Coming up, Dak Prescott. He knows he's in for a change. Maybe he's paying 100 bucks for a haircut. What will change look like and why? 
could it be just what the Cowboys quarterback needs? We'll talk about that a lot more when we come back on Get Up. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Welcome back. It's time for a game that's sweeping the nation. We call it Can He or Can't He with Mr. Chris Canty. All right, let's go. Can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? He can't, and that's with a capital T. As much as I love Russ, I don't know if he's going to fit into what Sean Payton wants to do offensively. Sean, with Drew Brees, has routinely asked his quarterback to play within the structure of the offense, getting the ball out of his hands pretty quickly. In the 2010s, Drew Brees was top five from average snap to throw time. Russell Wilson last year had an average snap to throw time of 2.95 seconds, which would put him in the bottom third of the NFL. So, eight ball says doubtful in terms of Payton fixing Brees. I mean, right, Brixen, Brixen Bri- Wilson. Okay, can Bryce Young hold up during a 17-game NFL season? I'm going to say he can. And listen, I know he had some injury concerns at Alabama with the shoulder, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. The guy has shown that he can play at a high level and get his team to the championship. He's got a Heisman on his resume, so there's no reason to think that he can't. And whatever team drafts him is going to build an offense around protecting him first and foremost. Can Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy reach a Super Bowl together? I'm going to say they can't, and that's with a capital T. They've been together for some time now, three seasons, and they haven't gotten close to the championship rounds. I don't love the move of elevating Brian Schottenheimer to offensive coordinator. I don't look at this coaching staff as a better staff than what they had when they ended the regular season. So with that, that, is, that being said, I, I don't see them being able to make that leap. Okay, now speaking of this, Dak had this to say about the Cowboys' new look offense, because as you know, big changes are happening on the offensive side of the ball in Dallas. Offensive coordinator Kellen Moore's out. So last week, Prescott talked to Yahoo Sports, and he said this. Right now, Mike McCarthy told me about 20 to 30% change. I think, if anything, 
It's things that need to be changed. Sometimes change is good. I'm a big believer in change. So, Jeff Darlington, I'll start with you. What are we going to learn about McCarthy and Dak this season? Well, that's a great question. I think that ultimately it's about what we learn about McCarthy. Dak isn't going anywhere at this point. And look, when we look at the landscape of the way teams kind of put themselves together, the quarterback is the asset that's the most difficult to move on from. They can move on from a coach pretty easily. Doesn't count against the salary cap. Just another rounding error in a billionaire's checkbook. So I just think in this scenario that we'll finally see, now that Kellen Moore is no longer the offensive coordinator and the offense is going to fall basically entirely on Mike McCarthy, whether he is the right fit for Dak Prescott. I understand that some people might be down on Prescott, but I'm just saying right now, the quarterback is going to stay longer than the head coach in this situation. It's mm, a good point there. And Canty, when I look at this situation, I, I think Jeff makes an excellent point. But at the same time, you look at Dak, the interception problem that he had last year. Can he be fixed no matter what you do with Mike McCarthy's role? Well, I, I think Dak can be fixed, but I think it has a lot to do with the supporting cast that's around Dak. I think it's understated the impact that moving on from Amari Cooper had on this offense. He was one of those guys that you could rely on to beat man coverage. But in looking at Dak Prescott in the passing offense as a whole, only Dak had 42% of the yards in the passing game come with yards after catch. You're talking about that being 26 among 31 qualified quarterbacks. They've got to find ways to get more easy yards for Dak Prescott in that passing game. And I think that's goes a long ways to mitigating some of the errors and some of the forced mistakes that we've seen from Dak Prescott in 2022. Okay, you both are talking about how Dak needs to be helped in this situation. So, Mike, how specifically do you think this offense is going to look different uh, when you go into next season? Brian Schoenheimer is going to do a great job working with Dak Prescott in decision-making. Specifically, Dak had 17 interceptions. 11 of those were when they had the lead, or the game was tied. I work with Brian New York. That will be unacceptable. His father was a legendary coach, Marty Schoenheimer, who was, Jeff, pay attention here, had strong proclivities against turning the ball over. <laughs> when it, here we go again. When the game was tied 6-6, six, six, and it's second and two, and there's less than two minutes to go against the 49ers, you're not going to throw an interception. That is unacceptable. And here's an amazing stat from Hembo. Last year, Dak Prescott only threw the ball away eight times compared to Jalen Hurts, who threw it away 32 times, and Patrick Mahomes 36. So if he just cleans up his decision-making, and I agree with Chris Canney, go replace Amari Cooper, re-sign Tony Pollard. But if Dak Prescott has better decision-making, this team will compete with Philadelphia for the NFC East this year coming up. All right, Jeff, go ahead, weigh in. Uh, he, his, his wood smells like rich mahogany behind him, and he uses big words like proclivity. I can't say anything other than what he just said. <laughs> well, Canty, look, if, if Dak can cut down on his proclivity to show, throw interceptions, how, how far can this team go? Well, I, I think there's no question about it. When you consider them being able to retain Dan Quinn, that defense is going to be what wins the day for the Dallas Cowboys. But Make no mistake about it, there are some things offensively that they have to do to complement their defense. And I think the most important thing is being able to stay on schedule, which means you've got to retool that run game. That offensive line is getting a little bit old, but they're still effective. You've got to find running backs that can take advantage of the space created by those guys up front. 
as much as Jerry Jones might love Ezekiel Elliott, his better days are behind him. And considering what his cap hit is, I think you move on from him. Tony Pollard has the injury to the ankle. They've got to find another running back that can be a difference maker in that offense. And I think that's a part of the needs they address this offseason. Yeah, we could see some changes in Dallas this offseason, what they do with Zeke, what happens with Pollard and others. We'll see how that goes. All right. Now, help people affected by the Turkey earthquake. As you look at this, please visit redcross.org slash ESPN to help the Red Cross respond. Your donation enables Red Cross to prepare for, respond to, and help people recover from this disaster and we'll provide people with communities and communities affected with food, shelter, relief, supplies, recovery, planning support, and a lot of other assistance. So please, if you're interested in helping, please donate now, redcross.org slash ESPN. Lamar Jackson didn't get a new contract this week, but may have gotten some leverage, big leverage, and his stalemate with the Ravens. We'll tell you why when we come back on Get Up. 